The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California. It's not shaking right now. This is a Saturday night special here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I'm Ken Knapsack. Here's what we do. Every Wednesday is the big show, the main show. Not quite the superstars of our fleet. That's Force Center. But uh, Wednesday's the main show here in Knapsack Files. But Saturdays, when we can and when we want, we put up some special shows. Some weird, crazy characters come through here, like Dutch Allen, Nolan Guthrie, and the new show, Mysteries and the Unexplained, TNF Hotline, a show based around your calls, your messages, and a new show coming down the line here soon called Beyond the Bag. Excuse me. Behind the bag. It's so new, I can't remember the name. That'll be me and Tom Dagnino talking baseball, weird stories, and guests all about baseball, right? And a show that I've mentioned before, especially if you're a Patreon supporter, you've heard, but it's coming. It's called I Shall Finish the Game. It's an exclusive, limited series podcast where I interview some of my closest friends who love Young Guns and Young Guns 2. We're working on that one for a while, but waiting for some things for that. So, hey, all right. Why are we here? Why are we here tonight? Well, Saturday night special. Uh, just a little little thing we're gonna do right now, from time to time, it's gonna be me talking and, and getting things off my my chest. And and then on the other side of the break, we'll take a little break too, uh, and then we'll have a, a sample of a show I do up on, on Patreon called Five Extra Minutes. If you're a Patreon supporter, you get that every Wednesday at tier two or higher and it's a bonus interview bonus uh sometimes just monologue and i'm gonna give you a sample of some of the the recent ones so that way uh, you can see what we're doing over there over on patreon.com slash look no doubt about it as i record this on a saturday night uh and release it on said saturday night i don't know when you're hearing it um southern california has been shaken we've been shaken in our boots earthquakes and earthquakes inspire a lot of emotions in me and those around me it can unnerve you it can scare you it can shake you is what i'm starting to say it can scare you it can upset you it can anger you it also can entertain you um i'm someone who kind of enjoys the adrenaline rush of emergencies and disasters and that has a lot to do with my uh, previous job as a director of public safety and i was in charge of the emergency preparedness of uh, a couple big locations in Los Angeles, in the greater Los Angeles area. One of them was the Northridge Fashion Center. I was there for about 12 and a half of my 17 years in the uh, public safety industry. Northridge Fashion Center has a storied history with earthquakes. In 1994, I was not yet down here in L.A. as a a citizen of this fine, a great city. I uh, uh, was up north, but I felt that quake that morning. But in January of 1994, what was it, 17th? January 17th, I believe. Can't quite remember that. But January of 1994, big earthquake centered right in the center, pretty much of the San Fernando Valley, northern end of it there. I think over time, they've downgraded the, the, the Richter scale measuring of that quake, but it was very shallow. Therefore... Not in, not in the shala shala shallow. Tell me something, earthquake. All right, can't stop it. Uh, this is what we do here at Saturday. I just, you know, probably I don't have a drink, but I should get one and make things better. Um, the earthquake was very shallow, so it caused a lot of damage. Because death, it caused every lot of things, bad things. 
bad things. And I am one of the people who are very aware of that stuff. So I, I, I had, I worked in the shadow of the legacy, if you will, of the Northridge quake. Uh, it was in everything we did there in terms of training. I led some big training things. I was a, you know, uh, I had to always make sure I, in fact, I still in my car have a copy of the Northridge Fashion Center emergency uh, operations manual uh, of what to do when things go wrong. Uh, I also help author the uh, same kind of manual over at the Los Angeles Farmers Market at Third and Fairfax. I redid those, those theirs in uh, the mid two thousands, and and I co-authored it. And uh, a lot of it, a lot of things, probably still in use over there. Should there be a disaster, came from my mind. So I am, I'm kind of sometimes obsessed with this stuff. And always, there's always a serious side. You might hear me even already, and you might hear me here in a little bit making little jokes about the quakes. Um, I say that it's gallows humor because. I uh, know the devastation of the Northridge quake, um, the, some of the other big quakes in our history, not just SoCal, but uh, the United States of these America. I, I was very much alive and well uh, watching the World Series when Al Michaels in 1989 said, yeah, I'll tell you what, we're having an earth. I'll never forget that rush of fear. So my mom <laughs> made a mistake, not her fault. In a panic, me and my sister at dinner, we had soup. I'll never forget the soup. Starts shaking and sloshing, and, and the World Series isn't on the TV anymore. My mom says, run to the bathroom. We had a downstairs bathroom. And uh, a big giant mirror. Uh, not her fault. You make those decisions. We're going to come back to those kind of decisions here in a bit here on uh, this here episode. Um, so I don't make light. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's never a, a part of me that doesn't take these things seriously, but I think you have to kind of laugh. And the city of Ridgecrest, where these quakes over the last couple of days, you may or may not have heard over the last couple of days, July 4th, 6.6, I think, is where they finally rested it. Uh, came to came to a final resting spot on the measurement, maybe 6.4. I don't know. They changed. The other one was um, uh, July 5th, yesterday, at the time of this recording, Friday, yesterday, in the evening time, about 8.30, and they're saying that one's between 6.9 and 7.1. Those are sizable. And as, as you all know, uh, the difference between, like, say, 6.6 and 7.1 is sizable. Uh, you know, a, five, a 5.0 earthquake in Los Angeles or San Francisco, if you're up there in Northern California, and you, if you feel those, those are, those are kind of nothing. And, and I don't mean to say that in some kind of, like, ain't I cool? I've been through earthquakes. Ain't nothing going to rattle my skin. Uh, no, you know, you feel it. If you haven't felt it for the first time, there's a lot of transplants that come here. It's no shame in being unnerved by an earthquake. But a 5.0 is, is kind of nothing. Usually they're so deep. It's a little like, was that a, did you feel? Okay, let's get back to work. But by the time you get to the sixes, the six six. We felt it. And Ridgecrest, the city, has some problems. I, at the time, I know there's a lot of injuries and damage. I don't I think there's any deaths. I, I don't know for sure. Um, so thoughts are with the city. It's a small city in Kern County, um, 150 or so, give or take, uh, uh, miles away from Los Angeles, uh, but also just as close to Las Vegas as it is Los Angeles. So they felt it out in Vegas as well. So thoughts with them there. But I, I say that all. I, I take this stuff all very seriously. But we also get a lot of, uh, you know, if you're in SoCal and you get a lot of people who maybe aren't, aren't familiar, even family members in California or my mom and dad, you know, they're, they're familiar enough, but uh, they'll call down. 
and I'll get tweets and Facebook messages or Instagram DMs, whatever, whatever it is. And, and these are friends, not just listeners. Um, but you might get a lot of listeners. Hey, how you guys doing out there? Hope you're well. And appreciate it. Appreciate it. Totally appreciate it. It's so different from, say, a hurricane, tornado. You know those are coming. And I wouldn't want to go through those. I would take, I'll tell you what, I'll take earthquakes after earthquake after earthquake uh, as opposed to a hurricane. Devastating. Devastating. Tornadoes, I'm obsessed with tornadoes. But I've never gone near one. I'm obsessed from afar. I'll watch me a tornado chase show. I was real big into storm chasers with Reed Timmer and Sean Casey and that crew, all those folks a couple of, a couple of years ago now. Uh, I love that show. Love that show. I want to form a chase team. I want to get one of those chase cars where they basically turn an SUV into a tank and uh, head on out. I want to do that uh, until I do it. <laughs> Then check on me then. Check on me and see how I feel. But earthquakes, 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 I'm very familiar with there. And it's a different feel, but it's no less scary to those. I have to admit, man, uh, those some people close to me experiencing uh, shaking and rolling, uh, a little upset by it. It's so unnerving. It's so unnerving. For those who've never experienced an earthquake, I'll try to explain it. The other one, July 4th, in bed. It's a late morning. It's a holiday morning. We're sleeping in. Dogs in the bed, dogs in the room. And this one happened. The, the two the, the two earthquakes, the big ones that we felt the last couple of days, I'll tell you what, it's they have been some of the longest earthquakes I've ever felt. So long that the bed was rattling, starting to do a little shake, a little shimmy and a shake. And I'm reading a book. I'm reading this book. Great book, by the way, right now. If you're a Kids in the Hall fan, it's called One Dumb Guy uh, by Paul Myers, Mike Myers' brother. It's about the history of the comedy group and show Kids in the Hall. So I'm about halfway through this book. I'm a gr- I'm reading it. Oh, Scott Thompson and Bruce McCullough Dave Foley, uh, Kevin McDonald, Mark McKinney. Love this crew here. Paul Bellini, the writer. I'm reading it, reading it, And I'm like, oh, the bed's shaking. And sometimes all like two and a half, three pounds of, of uh, our uh, Chihuahua, Ratsy, Adelaide is her real name, but Ratsy is we, her nickname. Uh, sometimes she'll scratch. And it's, it's like a little thump, you know? So you, the, the bed reacts a little bit. The blankets move. So I'm thinking as I'm reading this book, like whatever it was, 10, 10, 30 in the morning, like, wow, this dog is, this dog is scratching. And I look over, girlfriend's asleep. So uh, she's not shaking and baking. She's just kind of getting up. You know, not dead asleep, but just laying there. Uh, So I go back to reading. That's how long. Usually these quakes go, is that a, oh, nope, okay, we're done. So this thought process goes through my head. One, two, three seconds. Is the the dog scratching, girlfriend sleeping? That's weird. All right. Wonder what's what's shaking. (laughs) 21 years in LA, you still have that reaction of what's shaking? Is there a truck driving by? And that's when all of a sudden you, she suddenly uh, pops up. The girlfriend pops up. Whoa, wait, are you moving the bed? And like, whoa, no. That's when you suddenly go, oh. And you look around, and that's when things are moving, and things are shaking, and the lights are swaying. And that's when the real, and as, as calm um, as I can be in these situations and as interested in being in them, because the adrenaline just races, I just just love just the trained first responder type of instinct kicks into me. And I'm like, oh, 
I pop out of bed and I close the uh, shut the bedroom door to keep our other chihuahua in because he gets a little skittish and we don't want him running down the stairs and hurting himself. So I get up, pop up, boom, close the door and just stand there. And it's still going and building in intensity. So what ends up happening? And I don't have the actual total length in front of me uh, of what it was. There's always a moment in a sustained earthquake uh, situation, one that you feel. Not one of the ones that go, you go, like, again, I keep making the joke, but like, oh, what's what was that? Was that an earthquake? Then you look on Twitter. Oh, I guess it was. Uh, Want to finish dinner? Um, that that happens. Uh, but this one, and these long ones, and I've been in these long ones, You, the terror comes from the complete lack of control. And again, I, I am not, you cannot compare to earthquakes and tornadoes. I, they're all under the category of natural disasters, but they're their own categories. Um, I'd be very curious to hear what people um, experience during those ones. The tornado, you can't control it, but you can see it. It's there. And again, I am not down. I've heard my friend Paul Duraso, who was an early guest on the Napsack Foss, I think even on that episode, told of a fantastic, horrifying, terrifying experience with a tornado in Oklahoma. And again, from afar, I'm obsessed. Up close, eh, maybe I'm okay. My dad, uh, Russian, uh, grew up, uh, uh, born in Graz, Austria, on the way out of Russia, grew up, though, in Iowa, Fort Dodge, Iowa. He experienced a lot of tornadoes. Uh, and, and like me, too, he's, he's kind of obsessed with them, too, though he's actually experienced them. In the earthquake, there's always this moment. If you've never experienced them, this is why they cause such a reaction and the adrenaline comes out and people race to Twitter now and post, you know, just, just have to post. I, I, I don't fault anyone for posting. Uh, I don't fault anyone for the gallows humor because it's like you, you, you were like, ah, and now we have this ability to share experiences with people. And so you kind of have to, hi, earthquake, and you tweet it out because it just kind of helps you comprehend. But there's always, always a moment, and this is why the, the, the fear and the adrenaline, all those things you see, if you've never experienced an earthquake, there's always a second, a second where you wonder, oh, this might be it. And these are, again, in the big one, the ones that you feel and that last. And these last two days, we've had those where... Is the bed shaking? You're shaking. Oh, I think we're having an earthquake. It's not stopping. And time slides uh, onto its own plane. <laughs> it stretches out. Each second feels like a minute. And so, you know, you're looking, I'm making eye contact with Grace. And, and the dogs, by the way, slept through it. God bless them. I thought, I thought dogs were supposed to be like an early warning system. Maybe it's cats or ferrets. I don't know. But you make eye contact and, 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 and you're kind of like, okay. Like, this could be happening. And then it subsides, and, and then you start, then, you know, the adrenaline comes down or actually still starts pumping through. It starts slowly working your way down. You get very tired after these. Um, and then you relive it. I'm talking about it right now because that's what I, you, then you, then you both, even though you've both been in the same room or, or you're with family or friends or coworkers, you, then you, then you all start to give your take on it. Like, it's an instant replay in a baseball game. Here's another angle. Uh, we're looking here uh, from the third base point of view here. Uh, down the first base line, you see, you start to the person in the room with you. Oh my gosh, I experienced this. You start recounting it. Again, you're processing it. You're processing it. 
And then your body goes in two different different spots. Again, I, I I'm not making light. I just love these things. I love the, I you know this, I've been in a lot of weird emergency situations in in, in my other life, my other career. Uh, some full of violence, some full of, of danger, some full of comedy, um, some full of flames, uh, amount of car fires. I've seen cars completely engulfed, and I've had to try to put them out with a fire extinguisher hose until the fire department gets there. You know, like I've seen I've seen a motorcycle just explode, like Ghost Rider. <laughs> You're adrenaline, and you either like that and you run to it, or you run away from it. There was a time. Uh, maybe 2008 or nine, I was sitting in my office at the Northridge Mall, uh, mid-afternoon, typing, and the same thing happens. Who, who is shaking my office? It's so silly. Your instinct should immediately be like, I live in Los Angeles or Northern California or, you know, somewhere in the Pacific Rim. Um, I should be aware that this is an earthquake. You, But there's always a second where you've come up with the weirdest, most bizarre explanation for the shaking that you know is an earthquake. Is that an ice cream truck coming down my lane? No, it's an earthquake. And so once that ends up happening is there's an LAPD officer working out of the substation there. Uh, a guy named Troy. For a long time, there was a guy named Steve Knight who used to work there, became a, like a, a senator, state senator, a uh, good friend of mine. And um, he was off that day. But this other guy, Troy, comes walking. He comes to my door. And he's like, do you feel that? And it was still going. So we're like, yeah, yeah, I, I do. So we got to go. We got to go inside. We got to spring to action. So me and a, and a friend, Richard, who was like a kind of a roving kind of executive that would come by, but he was a couple years younger than me. He used to actually used to work for me at one point and kind of became one of my bosses. And he's in there. He comes up, he's like, let's go. And my other, my director goes, let's go. So our job at that point is then to, to go in while everyone is literally running. So we do what you shouldn't do. We stepped outside. Yeah. But also our office didn't have a, you know, you can't see it and I'm talking to you about it, but it, it's not a roof that I'd want to be under in a big quake. Um, so we pop outside, and that's when your mind starts to just see these things you can't truly comprehend. I saw, and this is not the only time I've seen it, but I saw those those lights in, in, in our parking lot. And if you've gone to a stadium, they're not quite that big, but any kind of mall, any kind of theme park area, any kind of big parking area, you see those lights in the concrete, big metal, iron, I don't know, not plastic, but big light poles, shaking like a like a leaf in the wind, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, just swaying, swaying, and there's, I'll, you just look at it, and you go like this, I don't comprehend that, and then you got to go, and, it was, and as we're running again, this is this is Northridge, so anytime there was a trembler in the Northridge Mall, people lost it, and but this is one that was pretty. You could feel it, and so once and a lot of lot of mall um, stores storefronts have you know the big glass windows and say your Gaps or your you know your Claire's accessories doesn't matter uh, Hollister doesn't matter H and M doesn't matter they all have big glass windows right the storefronts there's usually those like double there's kind of like they're like double planed and they'll they'll kind of shake and move so they don't break but they move kind of like small, like micro level, but they crack. So they don't break. There's no cracks on the inside, but you just, you hear it. And so as, as you're shopping in the mall and you're in the Northridge Fashion Center in Northridge, California, that was part of the devastation of the famous Northridge quake, you start feeling and seeing things fall. 
and shake and move. And then you hear the loud crack of the, of the, of the glass, what you think is breaking, but it's not. It's just kind of snapping. And you'll hear that. That caused pandemonium on this particular day. Everyone goes rushing out. And they're rushing past us. Chaos. That's where I think injuries can happen. Everything was good on this day. But me, Troy, and Richard, and my boss at the time, Keith, we're running back in. People are pushing past us, but we're running back in. And that's where I have fun doing that. It's kind of crazy. But all that's not in your mind where you're sitting in a Burbank apartment looking at the one you love going, oh, when does this stop? And how big does it get? And what else is going on around us you don't know? So we get through that one. We get through that one. We tell everyone the stories. And we go get coffee and tell the barista and she tells her story and we tell our story oh well we were in bed and oh she's like i was making coffee and we all share our stories and we're all feeling good and fine and it's a joke ridgecrest is on fire there's at least one or two houses that caught fire gas mains breaking will be unfortunately sometimes the, the biggest problem explosions northridge quake balboa and uh rinaldi was the intersection not too far from actually where one of my family members lives that was the intersection uh that uh a there was an explosion like a boom gas explosion underneath and it that exploded i think it took two cars with it not good not good i'm more worried about that than i am things crumbling especially nowadays um but all that behind us you forget about it you forget about it and so what ends up happening is last night, I'll tell you what, after 21 years in Los Angeles, I finally was in the one room of the house I never wanted to be when I felt a major quake. Yes. Taking care of business every day. Um, same thing happened. I was almost getting ready to stream. You would have been watching me on Twitch when the shake, shaking started uh, to happen. Uh, when I'm like one of those newscasters saying, duck. And by the way, don't ever really make fun of those newscasters for uh, freaking out and ducking underneath uh, news desks. Kent Shockneck, uh, uh, a now retired anchor here in L.A., was famous for one. Uh, and he became, his nickname was Kent After Shockneck. Uh, and I get, you know, it was funny. He was kind of one of those Ron Burgundy type, oh, we better get under the desk here. Uh, and it wasn't much. But in new, in new studios, they got a lot of lights, a lot of things hanging, a lot of things hanging by threads. I would duck to. I don't want to not duck and watch, you know, my head get taken off by a, by a key light. Um, but I'm in the middle, uh, you know, I'll just say this. All right, so I'm in the bathroom. Most of the work had been done, all right? The heavy lifting had been done. And I was just kind of sitting there checking the phone. And I don't know, I guess my leg must have been up against the wall. Same thing starts happening. The wall feels like it's bubbling. Like, and I'm like, I say, I have one second. I go, what is, is there a motorcycle outside? Oh, wait. And then it starts going. And it was, a lot of times earthquakes are either jolts or roll. This one was like a roll and a jolt, a roll and a jolt. I had to make a big decision. I had to make a very big decision decision do i try to get uh do i try to wrap up some of this or just uh pull my pants and run to safety split the difference (laughs) the pants were up 
and it was still going. I'll be damned. This was one of the longest quakes I've experienced. A lot of times, some of the bigger ones in uh, October, I believe, in 1999, definitely 1999, I want to say it was October, there was a big quake. I remember it as a 7.1 out in Joshua Tree. Over time, they may have downgraded it. I don't know. But it was out there in uh, Death Valley um, about 2.30, 2.35 in the morning. I was driving a security vehicle. I was a 23-year-old kid in Los Angeles, and I was listening to some who. No, no joke, won't get fooled again, was blaring. It was like a scene from a movie. I'm a graveyard security officer, uh, lost in my own world, driving around an empty mall, 2.30 in the morning, the who blaring in a security vehicle. When I come to a stop near the tallest parking structure on the mall. Now, the one that collapsed in 94 was uh, had since been completely rebuilt and was only a two-level parking structure, but even then it had been completely redesigned and built. But there's a four-level parking structure, uh, often referred to as Terrace 1 because it was the first one rebuilt after the 94 quake. And I'd just been in it, got down to the bottom and exited and came to a little stop outside by the back of, uh, if you're familiar with the Northridge Mall, it's out by the Old Navy entrance, what we used to call the zone. It's still called, but what I used to know it as Zone 4 Lower. Um, and I just come to a stop, and then there's no cars, but I still just come to a stop. And I look over, and I see again those lights. This is actually for the first time in my life. I saw those parking structure lights, those those parking lot lights, just shaking as if it was a, 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 you know, a, a toothpick being just moved back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, as if you took like a, like a, like a screwdriver and flung it into the ground. And then when it hits, it kind of, this is, you know, a four level tall lighting structure that I'm seeing. We're not talking shaking. We're talking swaying back and forth, four feet on each side. I go, wait a minute. And as I look over, I see the, the, the height bars, the ones that keep trucks from going into parking lots, and it's going back and forth. Boom, 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 up and down, up and down. And that's when I hear someone of my coworkers on the radio, oh, we're having an earthquake. Everyone get safe, get safe. But it was done by then. And some transformers blew up in the sky, and I thought, this is 1999, five years removed from the Northridge quake. And I'm in Northridge at the mall that collapsed, and I'm thinking, oh, no, oh, no. And I'm between a giant structure and a four-level parking structure. So I race towards the street, Plummer Avenue, and as I come over this little hill, because I'm low on the ground, they have this hill, this access road that's kind of goes up to the second level of the parking structure, but it then goes, curves down, back down to the street. Uh, as I come over that, I see Trent, boom, 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 Transformers blowing up all the West West Valley, West San Fernando Valley. And I'm thinking this is war with Earth. Um, but it was all over. Even that one, which is one of the more terrifying experiences, even that one, it was over. This second one yesterday, I had time to go, is this wall shaking? Oh, no, it's an earthquake. I got my pants around my ankles. Do I pull them up? I guess I do. And then I stood there. It's going to stop. It didn't stop. It started getting worse. So I popped my head around the living room. And if you've ever seen my motivation videos, you see the, the setup I got there. And you see that couch and you saw that Ewok. You see that Ewok there. That Ewok, Wicket almost fell. God bless him. He's a strong, stout Ewok. He stayed with me. But everything, nothing fell. Um, you know, God, God, God bless those in Ridgecrest. But nothing fell over here. 
And that's when there's a moment as I am watching this Ewok, life-size Ewok figure I have from Emerald Moon, uh, Tree on Endor. Check them out on Etsy. Plug. Um, as I'm watching it shake in its place, watching lights, I had that moment again. That's every moment. You can talk to anyone who experiences an earthquake of, of a certain length of this isn't stopping. That's where the adrenaline kicks in. That's when the terror kicks in. It's crazy. So, Ken, how do you prepare for earthquakes? You've planned uh, many, uh, you know, many things. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I used to tell everyone, and we used to go through some big, multi-agency, large-scale police, fire, and more uh, training scenarios. We'd shut down the mall. (coughs) Excuse me. We'd shut down the mall, and then we'd uh, run like three, four-hour scenarios of what to do in the quake. We'd set a time for the quake. We have actors, we have people in makeup. We and you had to you had to assess. You know, we'd go through. You have a command center, all those kind of things. And I've experienced real life command centers, and I've experienced training command centers, and they're always chaotic, always chaotic. Um, so, been through all that. So, Ken, how do how do you how do you get through it? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I always. I always say this, have a plan, be prepared, think about it, have some supplies, water and flashlights and all those things. Have them in an area that you can relatively, you know, get to. Um, Again, tornado, you get a tornado shelter, you got time. Hurricane, you got some time. And again, I'm not saying that that's intense stuff. We've seen the devastation of hurricanes, even if you think you're out of the way. But, and I'm not going to say at least, However, I'll just say that with hurricanes and tornadoes, might be some warning. Could be seconds, but you got some warning. Earthquake, it happens. Your warning is just think about it and be prepared already. So have all those things. I believe in all that. And if you're local, I got to use a company called SOSproducts.com. Order an earthquake pack and survival packs and all those kind of things. Uh, that stuff's important. Empty car. I try never to leave the car empty of fuel because you never know when you got to get away. But hey, sometimes life and finances uh, can't always uh, keep you prepared for an earthquake that might never come. But here's the thing. Here's what I really, truly believe as I start to wrap up this uh, monologue on earthquakes here. Um, All your planning, and we used to plan, and we used to have big 200-page binders of emergency responses. Every situation, every situation, shootings, uh, medical emergencies, heart attacks, I've handled a ton of heart attacks, ton of strokes. I've uh, handled a death. I've handled all that, right? Um, and earthquakes, the big ones for us in SoCal. 200-page books, binders that you're supposed to carry around. I'll tell you, I'll say this. None of it matters. The training matters. Thinking about it matters. And you in your own house having a plan, having a thought, and just kind of talking about with your family of, hey, if this happens, here's what we do. That's good. Because you're going to fall back on that. Because when it starts to shake and it's not stopping, all you feel is terror. Even someone like me who is ready for it and kind of enjoys it. And there's others like me out there. There's always a terror of, is this the quote one? Is this going to stop? What is the damage? So that takes over, unfortunately. You got to keep your head on a swivel. Take a breath. And I always say, then you'll form your real plan. 
All your planning will go out the window. Poof, gone. While it's happening, what takes over is this plan you come up with in the middle of the moment. And all the things of don't run here, don't go outside, don't do, yeah, you know what? There's things that are probably better to do than others, but instinct takes over. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know till you get there. But be aware of it. Be aware of it. I am I am one of those people, and I know a lot of you listening probably are. I go to a restaurant. My eyes have to face the entrance, or at least one of them. Can't have my back to the door. I check every person in that restaurant when I walk in. I make a swivel of my head, and I look around. Who is with me here? No judgments. Ah, that's a big one, huh? Yeah. You got to be careful, though. Looks like a duck. Walks like a duck. Might do things like a duck. Um, But that's me in every situation. But earthquakes you can't predict. It's crazy. I got my pants up. That's the important thing. I got my pants up. That's my earthquake story. So to all those asking, how are we doing? We're all doing all right. Uh, Thoughts and prayers and hopes and dreams and Maybe donations to those out in Ridgecrest. I got, I got to follow up myself and see what's going on out there. And the first responders who raced out there, mutual aid was called for. Um, a lot of fire agencies uh, sent uh, staff out there. Uh, we're racing out there from different parts of the state yesterday. So it's scary stuff. It's serious stuff. But you also got to laugh. And if you're ever stuck in the bathroom uh, during an earthquake, you're gonna make the decision that you're gonna you're gonna make the decision you need to make history will tell if I made the right decision. But I made it. On the other side of this quick break, we are going to hear a couple episodes of Five Extra Minutes. It's a Saturday night special here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. We're back here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed, a Saturday night special episode, just me coming to terms with some recent events in my life over earthquakes. I always, You can hear earthquakes, too. That's one of the things they don't really talk about. And, uh, maybe maybe not everyone experiences it. Uh, I was talking to my girlfriend. She hadn't experienced it yet. I have heard earthquakes. There was one time I, I got home from work late, maybe 2, 2.30, went to bed. All the roommates were asleep at the time. It's my first year in L.A. I had three other roommates at the time. Because, hey, you're making things happen. And I'm going to bed, I'm about, you know, closing the eyes, listening, and I hear, and I go, someone just came into our apartment. And I hear the door, like, and I'm like, someone is coming into our apartment. Who? And then I think they're running down my hall, and I start to get this adrenaline rush of there's an intruder in our house, and then, it's a big shake. Everyone pops up, heard an earthquake, essentially, into our house. I, one day, was uh, at another, when I lived in Studio City, same thing, early morning, kind of getting up Saturday or something like that, and... I lived on a little side street, like, you know, you could hear a pickup truck coming down. I'm like, whoa, there's like a big rig driving down the street. That's crazy. <laughs> big earthquake. You can hear them, and that is just as freaky. All right, here's the drill now. Let's go from freaky earthquake talk to a little something we do here in the Knapsack Files. I want to give you guys a little sample. I do this from time to time. 
I have a show called Five Extra Minutes, and a lot of times when I sit down with my guests, I'll stick uh, have them stick around if they can, schedule permitting for literally five extra minutes. Yeah, it always goes a little long, but that's uh, that's part of the fun, right? Uh, sometimes it's just me having a little uh, little ramble, a little monologue, and uh, it's a little extra thing for you. It's what we do here. Patreon supporters, two, uh, tier two and a higher. Get it, but I like to give little samples out to the world and just let you know, here's what you're missing. So here's some five extra minutes here on the uh, Saturday Night Special on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Welcome back to the Cat Napsack Patreon page. It's me, Cat Napsack. It's time for five extra minutes, but I'm finally not alone. You just heard him on the Napsack Files talking about his new book, Super Soldier. It's available everywhere where fine books are sold. But he's here now to talk just uh, about some other stuff. It's Jason Inman. How you doing? Hey, man. I'm good. I'm ready for five. Ready? Let's go. For five extra minutes. down. You and I have talked oh, Beatles. No, I thought it was five questions. Oh, five questions? Yeah, yeah. No. I, I'm not smart enough oh, for okay, five okay. questions. No, it's five extra minutes about something closer to your heart. And we've talked about Beatles. Uh, we've talked about uh, your superheroes, your comics. Let's talk about Beatles all I want. So we could talk about the Beatles. Okay. I want to talk to you about Star Trek. Oh, let's do this. Favorite Star Trek character? Ooh. Oh, damn it. You, uh, look like, you look like Riker with that beard. <laughs> I like the look of Riker, but Riker is not my favorite character. Uh-huh. Um, I would probably say it's Garrick uh, from Star Trek D Space Nine. It's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Explain mm-hmm. more, sir. Uh, Garrick is D Space Nine begins where the Cardassians uh-huh. uh, they have they took over this planet called Bajor. They controlled it for sixty years, and they controlled the space station that was called Terok Nor. They left, and the Bajorans were like, "Oh man, like we're like a third world country right now." Hey. St- Federation Starfleet come in and help us. So Starfleet comes in, they right. take over the space station called Terok Nor, mm-hmm. and they rename it Deep Space Nine, hence the title of the show. So the show is about the St- Starfleet building this planet back. Now, when the Cardassians left, there's one Cardassian mm. they left back on the station. His name is Garrick. And for most of the series, he has to deal with the racism and right. people aren't sure whether he's actually a spy for the Cardassians, right, right. Um, but he has a tailor shop on the promenade of D space nine <laughs> and um, the morality of him and this, the um, interesting, all this stuff like that. There's, there's a, there's a episode mm-hmm. I remember because later he gets constricted into helping Starfleet out against the Cardassians. Right. And there's a one point where captain Cisco goes, there are rules in war, mister. And Garrick's Garrick's uh, response is correction. Only humans have rules in war, <laughs> and I always thought that yeah. that that's great. I love. I mean, I love the deep cut. To, yep. You know, I could I could do that in Star Wars too. It's played so. by uh, uh, Andrew Robinson, okay. who played the villain in um, one of the Dirty Harry movies. I can't remember which one. Really? Yeah, yeah. Deep, deep cut. Yeah, he there. teaches at the UCLA uh, acting yeah. uh, school now. He's like one of the head teachers. We'll take a class, yeah, learn yeah. from a Cardassian. He's, a, he's amazing, man. <laughs> deep Space Nine. Uh, we, you and I talked uh, along with Ashley Victoria Robinson on Geek History lesson. We did a Star Trek versus Star Wars episode. Check it out if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, we will do a sequel to that. I'd love to sometime this year. I think. I think. I I'd think we to. had so much fun with that, and so many people liked yeah. it so much that I think. We need to do a sequel to that every year. And then we also need to figure out how we do a crossover with Napsock Files. So you get a part, you release, and we get a part. I love this idea. Mm -hmm. You guys are, you guys are way better promotion than I am. So I'm following your lead. Um, Deep Space Nine is, is, correct my memory. Isn't that like, is that your favorite property? One of the, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. It's the one that nobody liked when it aired. Sure. But now because of streaming, mm-hmm. people love it because it's on Netflix. It was the first serialized Star Trek. 
And this right. show, D Space Nine, aired from '93 to '99. It's actually one of the very first serialized shows ever. Now a lot ever, of people, yeah. a lot of people at the time, Babylon Five. That other, you remember that show? Oh, I do. I make fun of it all the time. Yeah. And people get mad at it's me a for making show. fun of it. Yeah, I, okay. I don't like it. It's so much, so much carpeting mm. in the future. <laughs> Uh, and weird. And look, I like Bruce Boxleitner. Right? Look, and I, I love J. Michael Straczynski, the mm-hmm. showrunner of that show. I think he's an amazing writer. And I think some of the ideas in Babylon five are amazing. I just think that D space nine is Babylon five executed better. Sure. So they're both on at the same time. Babylon five is also serialized. There's a lot of people that have that argument between yeah. the like, Oh, Babylon five did it first or D space nine <laughs> stole from Babylon five. And I'm like, yeah, but D space nine is way better, but people yeah. love D space nine more now. What was your entry point into star Trek? Uh, it was the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation Encounter at Farpoint in 1987. Yeah. I watched it live. From that point, I watched every Star Trek series live wow. until I got uh, deployed to Iraq. <laughs> then I couldn't watch the last season of Enterprise. Uh, oh, uh, Bacula. Yep. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah. I, I mean, I have memories of uh, watching. Uh, my dad was a big fan of of Star Trek, the mm. classic series, and so it was, would it be on syndication? And everything at my anytime we visit my grandparents, yeah, we, we, he'd watch it. Um, and but but next generation is is well, it's because when got me interested when, yeah. when that when TNG premiered on yeah. my side, they did a they did there was news about it. Like people were like, Star Trek is coming back. It was big, and my parents are the furthest away from science fiction fans you could ever imagine. Gotcha. They were going to watch it. Sure. And I remember they watched the episode, did not like it. And I, and I watched yeah. it and I was hooked. I was in. It was interesting because, I mean, obviously the movies are going on and the movies mm-hmm. had an impact. Wrath of Khan's great. And uh, for me, Star Trek Four is my favorite because I was mm-hmm. a kid going, whales. Yeah. Um, uh, and I actually really liked uh, Undiscovered Country. I really liked that movie. All, all three uh, you named are really good. My favorite yeah. Star Trek movie is actually First Contact. Which is a team. I love. I, t- I yeah. gotta tell you, that's a great Cromwell, mm-hmm. James Cromwell's in. Yep. That is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that in the theater opening weekend. Um, yeah, kids, I used to go see movies too uh, before I uh, got jobs talking about movies. That's when I stopped seeing movies. Um, <laughs> I was, where was I gonna? Oh yeah, I lost my own train of thought. Uh, oh, I so um, I want to jump this. We have about a minute left here. Um, sure. Five extra minutes always become six extra minutes. Seven too. Um, this Picard series. Uh, okay. I am intrigued by it just because it's Patrick Stewart, just because it's Picard. Sure. I don't have CBS All Access. I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. I borrow a friend's account. It was, sure, sure, sure. Uh, you excited for this? You excited? Dubious? Where, where's, where's you yeah. as, as a fan? See, all right, you yeah. scrunch your shoulders. Here's my problem. Yeah. I, every, everybody texted me because I'm the resident Star Trek person, right? Mm-hmm. When that announcement happened, they're like, oh my God, how excited are you? And my text back was always, not much. Mm. Here's my thing. Mm hmm. Star Trek is a series, is a franchise about going forward, going to the future, improving, going, moving on, moving on forward. What's the new thing? Going back to Picard is going backwards. Mm. Discovery is a prequel that's going backwards. Enterprise prequel mm. that's going backwards. Going backwards does not work. Star Trek is about the new frontier, the new right. characters, the new themes. Now, here's the thing. The thing they got Patrick Stewart. Sure. That's the only reason why I'm intrigued. Everything else. I'm going to wait till I see it, but I'll, okay. I'll be honest with you. I'm not immediately like, it's going to be amazing. Uh, look, I'll take it from you, a Star Trek expert. Cause I can talk about the DNA of star Wars and what actually mm-hmm. what I think works and needs to have a piece of, uh, uh, uh what needs to be in every story. Yeah. And, and that's interesting. Uh, a new frontier, bold to go where no man's got. Uh, Boldly go where no man has gone before, not where we went thirty yeah. years ago. Okay, interesting, interesting. That's why we do five extra minutes to spend a little more time with our guests here, Jason. Inman, thank you. Uh, Thanks, if, man. If you haven't already, go get his book, Super Soldiers, out now. Bye bye. 
back to the Nap Talk Files here on Patreon. You just heard Dorina and I talking about tacos, the Beatles, life, growing up in Mexicali. A lot there got me hungry, but uh, she's back for five extra minutes. And quite frankly, I just wanted to continue the Beatle conversation. Okay. I want to dive on in a little bit more to the Beatles. What We talked about what we love about the Beatles. What's your like least favorite Beatles song? Ooh. Um, okay, so how about two things here? Uh, maybe not least favorite because it's a great song, but mm. sick of it because it's overplayed is Yesterday. I know that's horrible. I, I know. understand it. But it's just so overplayed. I, I, I just usually I'm like, this is such a good song, but I'm going to change it. I love the song. And it's the first of McCartney stretching yeah. the, the, but it's lost its impact. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like hearing like Stairway to Heaven. You know, a little it's bit. Like you've heard it so many times, even though it's a great song. Yeah. It, that's just how I feel. Okay. About it. That, that's a fair, that's a good answer. I respect where you're coming from then. Um, but now, a song that I don't like, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean, you and I are big, giant Beatle fans. It's in our hearts, it's in yeah. your family. It's hard to hate so, a Beatles song. That's why, that's why it's fun to think about it for Well, me. I would have to go probably earlier years. Okay. Because yeah. those songs to me aren't as interesting as their later sure. stuff. So um, they would say so. So maybe something like. Uh, Hold me tight or something like that. Some, I just don't yeah. care about that. You didn't, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just like a very sweet yeah. like song about hugging. I don't really care about so hugging. So not you. <laughs> you're, like, neither, you're neither God's sweet don't hug. nor enjoy hugging. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, for me, it's Michelle. What? Michelle. Simple, because I heard it too much growing up. Okay. I, was a, I was a fan of oldies radio when uh-huh. I was like 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. Like yeah. I listened, and that one just always popped up. And then... When I became a Beatles fan for like real in sixth sixth grade, I was about twelve. Like I loved Michelle, right? Mm-hmm. I thought I was learning to speak French. Me I, too, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then after a while, it just uh, it, the, the impact started to lessen. And now when I hear it, it, I skip it almost every time. Like I love Octopus's Garden. I like some yeah. weird stuff. I like that, but that one's just I can't get behind. I don't yeah, know why. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But see, but they're not. But but we don't hate them. They're not bad no. songs, right? Like it's it's like it's really hard to find a, a right. Beatles song that's actually a bad song. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's even the simple the, the early days, the early stuff by design. They weren't as deep. They weren't thinking as deep. They were writing just quick two and a half minute mm-hmm. songs. So dancey type songs dancey, like skiffle. Yeah, t- t- you know, of the, the the songs there are very of their time. It was their energy. It was probably them covering "Twist and Shout" that is more intriguing than during that yeah. era. Than or like "Roll Over and Yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I always find it weird. I think it's I, I want to say maybe even Scott Mance, but it ma- it matches up with Mance's personality, where he loves the early Beatles more than the late Beatles. And yeah. I always find that. Well, Scott seems happier than we do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're right. Saying. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. <laughs> like I even love the weird stuff. Only a northern song, right? Hey Bulldog. Oh, Hey Bulldog. You know, yeah. My nieces and I play Mario Kart because they love Mario Kart. Sure. And a, a tradition in my family is to play Mario Kart on mute while we listen to records. Oh, um, I like this. And so uh, they every time they play, they're like, "Can you play Hey Bulldog?" Like they oh, that'd love be a great that song, one. which dun, is dun, such dun, a dun, weird dun, thing. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. I, there's something about that era, the Yellow Submarine Magical Mystery Tour era, so late 67 and early yes. 68, where they, I, they're coming off of Sgt. Pepper. Uh, McCartney's kind of in charge. Lennon doesn't care anymore. <laughs> and then uh, George is like, hey, you know, That's I can write songs weird. too. I'll be quite prepared for that eventuality. And, That's pretty good. Uh, you know, it's all right. Um, and like, so only a northern song, and it's all too much. Yeah. 
It's a crazy, bonkers song, yeah, but yeah. I like it. Well, and I mean, there's also, again, going back to orchestral arrangements, like I played the cello growing up, so I would be such a nerd and sit there and play along to like, I'm the walrus, wow. <laughs> like those types of songs. I mean, I, I interviewed that were you for, super weird for 45 minutes and didn't ask you if you played the cello. Yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> I did. Can I say fuck? Or you have, and it's good. Okay. Uh, it's a Patreon, so they pay for that swearing. Okay, um, the ch- do you still play the cello? It's in my house. I just it's in your heart. It in a while. It's in my house. No, it's in your heart as well. Yeah, yeah. But I just haven't played it in a while. But yeah, that's what I would do. I would sit there and try to play Beatles songs. The cello. Yeah. When did the cello into your life? Uh, sixth grade. My mom asked me to pick an instrument, and I really like the cello because it's sure. the most goth instrument. It's very, okay. it's, you know, darker tone, sadder. Most <laughs> yeah. of the cello songs are sadder. I like good cello, a good cello solo. Yeah, and the violin's a little too screechy for me. It's beautiful yeah. if it's played well, but it's very hard to play it well. Yeah, yeah. The cello's a little bit easier, I think. Did you uh, make it into any goth punk bands with your cello? No, I did make it into or- symphony, mm-hmm. uh, the orchestra, and then I did have a high school cover band where we definitely played dust in the wind and ah. all of the string songs yeah well yeah all well, we are is it's dust on video wind. my mom i told really? my mom to burn it yeah is it a ransom she holding it kind of holding yeah. you at ransom yeah. yeah blackmailing you yep cello it's good all right i learned something about you even more there you go yeah should have i should have had 45 minutes to break into <laughs> your cover bed and video of you doing dust in the wind and our name was actually blackbird there you go. Oh, well, that's a, that's a good name. Blackbird's a, a great song. song, too. Yeah, absolutely. McCartney plays it at every concert. He does. I still got to see Paul before. It's too late. Mm-hmm. New album coming out. Well, Darina, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, and Thanks thank for having me. for talking about the Beatles. Yeah, I love talking about the Beatles. Let's uh, do it again sometime. Yes, thank you. All right, thank you, Patreon supporters. I appreciate it. We'll see you next time here on The Knapsack Files. Screen Junkies, Wizard World, and more. Billy Patterson, thanks for stopping by. Oh, you didn't use my stage name. Billy Business. There you go. Billy, Billy Business. I'll put that on my tombstone. <laughs> Rumbling, bumbling, Billy Business. <laughs> let's talk wrestling. All right, let's Okay, we it. talked about it on the podcast, but we didn't get to specific. Talked about some of the people you liked. I want to know your favorite professional wrestlers. The ones uh, that really... Should I top, top five it? Top five it if you can. Okay. It's tough, but if you can. One... Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Love it. Uh, two, The Man Called Sting. Love it. Old school. Yeah. Uh, three, uh, the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. Nice. Four. I, was, I thought you were going to say Ken Patera. But, uh. <laughs> no, not quite. Four, uh, the people's champion, The Rock. Tough not to. Yeah. And five, I keep as a floater spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it sometimes. Sometimes. You know what? I was... The biggest, biggest Brock Lesnar fan. I, mm-hmm. I just loved the monster that he came back as. And then when he took that test for steroids, <laughs> I was like, it killed it for me because I was like, what a genetic freak. Right, and then they're like, oh, no, he's nah, got some stuff. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, that, that ruins it for me. So that five uh, that five <laughs> spots open it, right it, now. But I, if, if I were to fill it with someone just like 
yeah, like yeah. how I'm feeling right now. The phenomenal one, AJ Styles. Okay, yeah. I went back and you uh, don't want none. You I, don't I, want none. What a great theme song! It's a great song. It's it's the best DMX song. DMX yeah. never did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that. Your list is great. Heartbreak Kid is is on mine too because you know obviously I started watching when he was with the Rockers and right. I was I watched live man not live as table. I was watched that wrestling superstars when he put Marty Jannetty through the thing. that changed my wrestling world man I think I, I like I said on the podcast I, I got into wrestling a little bit later in the Attitude Area when sure. he wasn't wrestling but when I yeah, went yeah. back one of the first like matches that I really watched I was like wow this is amazing was the Iron Man match with Bret Hart oh, at yeah. WrestleMania 12 right yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, foggy for me. Yeah, yeah. After Somewhere the, in there. After t- I get everything memorized up to 10, and then I don't pick up again to the last couple of years, <laughs> and then it all seems like one. To I me. think it was 12, but that, that, uh, that going to a draw after an hour and that sudden death, <laughs> I, I, yeah. and it's like, it's great storytelling. It is great storytelling, which I, I don't think people understand when you say that. If if you were, I, you either do or you don't, you know. And I've gotten to the point in my career, my, my fan, uh, my, my career as a fan of pro wrestling and my work in the business where it's just like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, no problem. You know, I just went to an indie show, uh, uh, Bumps and Bruises, like mm-hmm. beers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I brought John Roca, who's a wrestling yeah. fan, but he'd never seen an indie show live. And and he got it to an even higher degree. This is a guy who hosts wrestling podcasts. He's been to WWE shows. He's a wrestling fan, make no mistake. But he'd never seen an indie show up front, raw, loud, violent, drunk, fun. And I saw through his eyes like, oh, this is kind of really wrestling. It was fun. That's kind of the, the way I felt the first time uh, Mo Lightning took me to Lucha Underground. Right. I had no idea what it was. It was kind of in its infancy with the first time we went. And I was yeah. like, this is awesome. I yeah. love the way they do things. But like, yeah, I just yeah. I love it. If you were to get in the ring, and again, whether or not, I know you said you wanted sure. to, that wasn't necessarily what you were interested in doing, but let's just say you get in the ring, what kind of wrestler is Billy Business going to be? I think if I were a wrestler, I would probably be more like <laughs> like a, a big, sexy Kevin Nash. I think I'd be a little nice. bit lumbering. I think I would probably have someone else call the match. Uh-huh. I think I'd get my five or six spots in. Right. Probably no sell a lot. Uh, Just, I think I wouldn't be a great wrestler. I right. wouldn't be remembered for that, but I'd be remembered as like a character that people really hated. I think I would definitely be a heel. A brawler, and I would work like a, heel. a heel. Yeah, a brawler, a heel, a cheater, a scum. Definitely. But I definitely sexy. think. I think if you mixed the, the cocky uh, yeah. mannerisms of The Miz yes. with the, the lack of movement by Kevin Nash. I love it. Love that would it. Be my style. Yeah, love it. I, I could I could you put you in some uh, some leather pants. Oh, I don't yeah. see you wearing singlet or, or trunks. No, I think I I probably would have a attire very similar to Kevin Owens. The the more I <laughs> cover up Kevin Owens is a hero to a lot of us. Kevin Owens is like, oh man, if I had seen, if Kevin Owens was a wrestler when I was maybe in, in middle school, mm-hmm. I might have chosen a different, different career path. path. Yeah, I'd be like, well, if he. I was at a wrestling convention called Wrestle Reunion years ago in L.A. And he was, you know, Kevin Steen at the time. Sure. And he was there working a, a Ring of Honor show. And I, I, he was calling probably him to his wife and, you know, and everything. And he's on just a pay phone sitting there. And I, I, cell phones exist. I don't know what, but he's on a pay phone and just sitting out there. And he's just on a phone. And I just remember thinking, that guy's a wrestler? And that was one of my favorites. Like, he just, it's, it's because of that. Yeah. Like, that guy's a wrestler? Oh, hell yeah, How he, he passed yeah. Vince McMahon's litmus test of what know. a wrestler looks like, I will never know. He's just got it. Yeah. He's got it. But Billy Business has it. Uh, let's get him in the ring, kids. Let's get him in the ring. I appreciate you talking about something you're passionate about, pro wrestling. That's what we do here in five extra minutes. If you're listening 
I have your support here on Patreon, and I thank you. We'll see you next time for five extra minutes. So there you have it. Five extra minutes, some episodes featuring Billy Patterson, Darina. You know her from her work over in Collider Live right now. Uh, a lot of people love what she's doing over there, giving everyone some guff. And Jason Inman, his book, uh, the Super Soldiers book, is out um, from Mango Publishing. Uh, this is my book, Why We Love Star Wars, but uh, it was great to have Jason come in and uh, talk about Star Trek whilst talking about his book. So those are some things we do every week. It's extra stuff with the guests. It's extra stuff with me. Five extra minutes on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Ken And as always, I want to do a special shout out to my executive producer tier. That's uh, a real Snacks Attack, DJ Snacks. Thomas Risling. You can also hear him uh, contribute over on Casterly Talk, my Game of Thrones show. Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bador, Matt Thompson, Tamor, and Abdul, the brothers Bahuda as we like to joke. Uh, Donald Long, Nathan Ovendale, and Zach Anderson playing his stand-up comedy trade out there in Wisconsin. So uh, that is uh, it for this week. Uh, you can uh, go to KenNapsack.com and find out information on all the shows I do and where to get my book, Why We Love Star Wars. do want to remind you, you can go to CentralCoastFilmSociety.org to get more, more information on something that I'll be, I'll be giving you more information about, which is uh, a big screening in Arroyo Grande, California, my hometown, August 24th, a screening of Star Wars episode for A New Hope. I will be kind of hosting the event with the Central Coast Film Society doing a Q&A, a book signing. There's a VIP experience, a lot of cool stuff. You can check it out. More information to come. Uh, but that's going to be a lot of fun if you're in and around my hometown area. August 24th is going to be a Star Wars night to remember out there. So we're almost done for this week. I appreciate you sticking around for Saturday special. Just me kind of hanging out by myself and now hanging out with you. We'll do it again sometime. We'll see you. Be prepared. Keep yourself safe. See you, everybody. Bye.